Hello, friends. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, the show where we try to help each other in the IT industry, computer repair shop, managed service provider, solo techs, vendors alike, where we all try to do our jobs better, smarter, and faster. Today, I've got a special announcement that we're doing. I have Craig Donovan with PAX 8 on with me. Uh, We're just going to go ahead and get started. Craig, how are you? I'm fantastic, Marvin. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you for joining us. So, Craig, I did make an announcement on the show. I think it was two or three weeks ago. You uh, have been named the new chief experience officer there at PAX 8, but you're not new to PAX 8. That's correct. Yeah, it is a new role, but I started with PAX 8 back. It was actually Halloween of 2016 was my first day. Oh. And so I've had a bunch of different roles here at PAX 8. The The original team was on the engineering team, the software development crew working on um, designing the platform. Uh, some of the first projects included the integration to ConnectWise and Autotask and PSA tools. That um, was with that crew for about two years, shifted over, and then had the opportunity to get even closer with partners by working on the services organization. So help stand up the professional services team, um, led the service delivery crew for a while, um, helped launch the PAX 8 Academy along with Rex Frank from C-Level Operations, brought them on board. Um, And then over the last year or so, I've been working in more of a global role, helping to align each of our regions to deliver a similar service experience. All right. So let's take a quick moment. Uh, love all the background. Love that you've been there for a while. But let's get to the to the crux of the matter here. Yeah. This this new position, was this something that you pushed for? Is it something that Pat say created and said, hey, who can we task to do this for us? Um, it's a little bit of both, right? I think that the idea has been emerging for a while. And so through that sort of background that I gave you, one of the things that hit me, struck me just so intensely back when I started in 2016, 2017, was how critical it was for us to center on the partner experience. And again, each one of those sort of steps, whether it was building the PSA integration or professional services or academy, was all rooted in this deep understanding of our partner experience. And so that's been my guiding light, my compass, if you will, for the last seven years, is just deeply rooted in delivering something special for partners. Um, We've always believed here at PAX8 that if we serve the channel first, everything else kind of falls into place. And so this, this focus on partner experience has carried us forward, but you know, the, the channel itself is shifting and partner types are shifting and they, they have new needs, new challenges. And so we wanted to continue to codify this around the partner experience. And then over the last year, one of the things that started to become apparent is really ecosystem experience. There is that word. Like that. Yeah, that's the word. You can't get through this without saying it, but this, that there's really three very distinct stakeholders in our ecosystem. The the partner, the vendor, and the customer, they all have their sort of unique experiences. And I think for PAX 8 to, to really serve the channel as well as we can, we need to understand those components so that we can bring them all together and ultimately drive more business through the partner channel. All right. So when I was kind of trying to figure out this whole experience thing, is it is it actually called the experience team? Uh, yep. and, and describe, you know, not only your role, but, you know, I know you've mentioned, you know, you want to kind of, you know, work to bring the channel together, but is it really to address these changes? And is there a certain focus on this fragmentation of the channel that we've had over the recent years? That's correct. 
Yeah, okay. you're, you're spot on. It's really the 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 value of the role the organization within Paxate is it's sort of the bridge team between all of our external part of the family, the the part again the partners, the customers, the vendors, and the internal teams. Those that are writing software, those that are building education and services, those that are designing sort of the new version of Pax8. And we want to make sure that we develop listening systems, you know, these are advisory councils and focus groups, reporting data to really understand what's happening in the ecosystem and then translate that into actionable insights within the org. All right. Now I'm going to get this out of the way just so that everybody understands because some people might say that Rob Ray is going to take a little ownership in some of these changes here. So. Of course. <laughs> we are very close with Rob. I mean, Rob has been in the channel, you know, for a long time, has such an incredible um, pulse on what's happening out there. And so we talk to Rob all the time. And so when I talk about those listening systems, Rob is one of those key components that we need to listen to Rob. Right? We're going to take a lot of that advice and those recommendations. And really, we're, again, kind of bridging between Rob's expertise and what's actually happening internal to Pax8. All right. Just had to get that in there. He is, you know, Love the it. godfather of the channel. So we, we've got to do that. So let me ask, uh, I guess, kind of a more targeted question. So I know that, you know, you've only been in the, the role of a few weeks, and I know the team is new, but do you have in place any sort of a plan right now that is going to certainly enhance the overall experience with the Pax8 partners, I guess? Yeah. And so a lot of this is tied to some of the marketplace announcements that maybe you've seen from folks like Scott Chasen or Nick Hetty at Beyond. And so we are building this, this marketplace of the future. Really, you know, we've talked about it. It's the only three-sided marketplace that exists today. And so what we're going to be doing is heavily is plugging into those technological advancements and working to, again, connect those stakeholders and understand what does the marketplace need to look like to serve each of those people? How do we actually start to bridge this together? Because I think this idea of us talking to customers or this, this fragmentation of the channel can seem um, can seem kind of scary. Maybe it can seem like maybe we are trying to circumvent our partners. But I want to use this time, Marvin, to be very clear about the mission, which is what's happening is we know that customers are already starting to go to vendors. We're seeing vendors starting to recruit customers directly in some yeah. cases, right? This is called product-led growth. But I think some of this is just the era of the informed consumer. If you think about how we buy cars, at least how I buy a car. When I bought my first car 20 years ago, I sort of wandered onto the lot. I let a dealer walk me around the lot till I found a car I liked, and he sold me one. The last time I bought my vehicle, I... I knew what I was looking for. I knew the model. I knew the engine. I knew the tires. I knew the color. I actually knew which dealer had that truck in stock, and I knew what price I was willing to pay. And so I was going in there more informed. And I think we're seeing this happening in technology today. Right. But when this happens, you know, the vendors and the customers think this is what they want, but they're actually creating a problem where you've got the vendors have now sold direct to these end customers that they can't service or support. The customers haven't had an opinion about what they wanted, but they quickly realized they don't actually have the ability to affect the digital transformation, to connect the dots and to do that work that MSPs have been filling for us for so long. We've got the MSP still standing by going, we're still the answer. And so I think by bringing all these things together, by understanding what's driving customers to go to vendors, what that buying cycle looks like, 
we can start to intercept those leads and hand them right back into the partner ecosystem. So that brings up a question that I know got raised at the PAX 8 Beyond, Yes, where the ability for customers to go into the marketplace, click buy. Yes. uh, And the MSPs were wondering, okay, is that bypassing us? Or how do we know that if one of our customers is in that marketplace and clicks buy, that it gets back to us, (laughs) that that we don't lose that opportunity and have it go somewhere else? So I, I know that's probably... You know, not fully answered yet, but it, are, is that the type of thing you're thinking about? That's 100 percent the kind of thing we're thinking about. And those are two very good use cases, and and just to kind of reinforce, we don't want the end customer. <laughs> I want to attach them to a partner, right? Um, you know, when you think about the the one that's already with a partner, that's really easy because then we can figure out that they're already with a partner. They're registered in our ecosystem. We know where they belong. It's very easy for us then to catch that customer and hand them back to the partner. In fact, we have cases where that already happens through other, you know, some of the vendor direct motions where then the vendors will tell us about a customer. We can inform the partner. Um, in a true brand new customer that's never had an MSP, that's an opportunity. And this is the technology we're building to to start to match make them and connect them into a partner. Find one in, in the region, find one with the requisite skills. And what we really want to be is to start to become that, that lead generation arm. Maybe actually, it's almost better than a lead generation. It's actually a customer generation arm for our MSP partners. All right. So now I, I'm sorry. I just went off on a whole nother tangent here because right. my, my first thought now is, so if an MSP goes to the marketplace and a customer goes to the marketplace, are we seeing the same thing or is there some behind the scenes things that a, that a partner can see? And yeah. can we direct our customers to the marketplace and have them only see what we want them to see. Yeah, and I think you're, you're hitting on all the details okay. here. And a lot of this is some of the things that we're going to continue to evolve on and start to release over the next, you know, the upcoming months. But there's all those different use cases. And I think that's what being a marketplace means is starting to broker those connections and understanding how do we connect the dots in a way that does serve the channel. Um, and, and, and again, sort of connecting those pieces to drive it through the MSP. All right. So I know I went off, off, you know, no, chasing, a, chasing a squirrel, but uh, I guess let's go back to what is probably, I guess, the most important thing that MSP should understand about this new position, this new team and what it means for us. Yeah, I think so. It really is. We're doubling down on how we engage in a programmatic way. I think we've Hopefully, we've got a reputation. We've built this company on listening to partners, connecting through the channel, connecting through events, um, your account management, all the different ways that we engage. We're going to do even more of that. And so we're sort of relooking at how do we listen? How do we expand the advisory council? And I mentioned, how do we start to stand up you know, focus groups across the entire channel? Um, and also by bringing together these, these three departments. And so... As part of the experience team, we merged in the the current vendor team from PAX8 is now reporting up right next to the team that is focusing on the partner experience. We're hoping that we can start to drive a more cohesive experience between maybe new vendors and and partners. All right. So I want to ask another question that's more personal. But before I do that, well, let me ask this question, then I'll come back to the other question. Okay, great. So I used to play basketball. Okay. And I saw Love that it. you were <laughs> involved in a basketball camp. Um, yeah. And I know that, you know, 
Pact Aid's been busy recently, and I know it's probably been a few years, but are you still doing, you know, the the camp and any coaching, any playing yeah, at so, all? Yeah, so, you know, this is actually the – so I've been a basketball coach in one format or another for over 20 years. And so I first coached uh, high school basketball for an, almost a decade. And then about 10 years ago, um, I really found the Special Olympics community, uh, which actually stole my heart. And I stood up one of the larger basketball programs um, in Denver area and ran that for about 10 years. And the basketball camp you're referring to is a really cool moment where we would partner with a local high school, one of the larger, more successful high schools. And for a week long, it would be a very traditional basketball camp like you grew up going to, Marvin, and I grew up going to. But for these amazing um, Special Olympics athletes where we had you know, coaches from the high school, we had players from the high school, all interacting, playing on the floor at the same time, running the same sorts of drills and experience. And so we did that every summer for several. But um, due to kind of some of the demands on the role um, this year, we did have to hand it off to another amazing coach that's keeping the program running. All right. Just thought I'd get that in there. I saw basketball. I'm like, ooh, let me ask about that. Um, Love so basketball. You, so you coach high – let me ask this, and we'll get off that. Uh, any of those teams do well in in the state, get ranked, go to the tournament? We got very close. I okay. had We had one run in there where we made three out of four years. We made to the state final four. Oh, not, nice. We weren't able to actually finally uh, close the deal, but had some really great teams. Um, the team that though we partnered with to run those camps did win the state title a couple of years ago. All right. That's a really good basketball. All right, very nice. Now, let me ask the one-off question that – because so I've been a Pax Eight partner unofficially <laughs> for a while, and I can't remember if it was 2016 or 2017. But I've I've not engaged, and and the reason is is because I actually already developed all my partnerships and billings with other companies directly with my 365. So for somebody like me who hasn't yet made the jump, I'm there are others out there that would yep. you know. In terms of how do you come to deal with people like me and like us, where we probably should be in the Pat Sade family, but we're yep. not for one reason or the other? Yeah. And I think some of that um, you know, comes from, again, at least my personal perspective of centering on, on your experience and your success. What I often tell partners is if, if everything's going really great for you, stay there. But we have built everything here and everything I've, I've driven over the last seven years has been about trying to make your business 5% better, 10% better, whatever we can plug in. And so there's a, there's a breadth of services we have. Some you might find at other distributors um, or other ecosystem or marketplaces. Some are going to be completely unique to us. And so that can be things like, you know, just on the technical side, um, an unbelievable support organization, uh, service delivery that makes sure you get what you pay for, but then we start adding in some of those extra services like the professional service organization with a team of certified engineers that are experts in Azure, SharePoint, uh, security hardening, you name it. And they are designed to operate at roughly a break-even price so that we're just there to support you, help you grow your business. We've got the Pax8 Academy, which Rex Frank and C-Level Operations came along. So not only do we have that coaching that uh, Rex and C-Level brought to us. We have instructor-led courses, peer groups, uh, self-service library right now. It has over a thousand videos and guides, cranking out new stuff all the time. You know, a real relationship with your, your cam and a marketplace team that's got 200 plus devs releasing code every other day. And so the 
the focus at Pax8, and again, this goes back to this idea of experience, is we just want to be your partner. All right. And so wherever we could plug in, and if there's a piece of your business that that isn't running as well as it could, or you're not totally happy with the engagement you're having with one of your other vendors, talk to us. There's a good chance that we built something to try to smooth that out for you and, and to make it a more, running your business more profitable uh, and easier and more enjoyable experience. All right. So you use the term partner. Is the Has the term wingman gone away? We still, I, I still use it internally. It's a part of, it's in my DNA. You know, I think um, it's one of those terms of, frankly, as we've expanded globally and kind of moved into some other markets, you sort of tailor that a little bit, but you're right. It's this idea of the wingman experience or the Pax 8 experience is what we do. All right. And then one last question about the new three-tiered marketplace. Yep. Uh, I know that when we were at the Pax 8 Beyond, it was kind of understood that it's coming. It's not going to be there yet. And we were thinking probably third, fourth quarter. Uh, how close are we to that to being out uh, in force? Yeah, that is. So my understanding is we will begin. Some of the features will start going into early access here. And that's sort of towards the end of this year. Um, taking feedback again from partners, looking to start to roll that out in a broader piece um, once we start getting into 24. All right. And speaking of 24, uh Pax 8 Beyond happening again? Absolutely, it is. Um, right. Hopefully, a lot of folks here listening had a chance to attend our inaugural event this summer. Um, I thought it was a tremendous time. It was incredible to connect with all of our partners. We really tried to approach this with an education-first experience for our partners. And um, you know the way we do here at Pax 8. Anything that uh, works just encourages us to, to try to do it bigger and, and better the next time and I'm anticipating a, a much larger show for Beyond 24. All right. So Pax 8 Beyond, I know the website is up with uh, early registration, and I, I'm assuming it's going to be back in Denver again? Yes, that is the plan. All right. It'll have to be my trip west of the Mississippi. Can't wait to see you. All right. All right. Well, Craig, uh, thank you for hanging out, and... Uh, I've asked all my questions. Is there anything else that Pax8 wants to get out there and spread the word about? You know, I I think this is going to be sort of my personal uh, request, particularly as part of this new role, which is um, we're listening. We want to know the feedback. And so if there are things that we can do better, if there's things that we can innovate on, that we can develop, we want to hear about it. Whether that's you know, talking directly to your account manager, um, getting hold of somebody on the experience team, we're here for you. All right. Acts 8, Craig Donovan, the new chief experience officer. So, folks, uh, check him out. Uh, he's retired from basketball, but very active in the Pax 8 marketplace and making sure we get all the things that we need to be a success. Uh, Craig, thanks for hanging out. Thank you so much, Marvin. Appreciate all right, it. folks, we'll be back with another episode here soon. And until then, holla.